Welcome to Officer Wellness with Brian Manley, an informative discussion between retired chief Brian Manley and a guest about key topics affecting officer health and resiliency today. Officer Wellness is powered by Off-Duty Management, the experts in off-duty job administration. So I know specifically in Minnesota, there is uh, quarterly training that's put on and it's basically in a like a Zoom type setting. And it's, you know, just agencies from across the state that can sign on to it. And, you know, there's a wide variety of topics that are set up and they you know, people can log on to it and they can, they can sign up and they can be a participant in the class. You know, there, there is a, there's an in-portion person uh, or in-person that people can attend, but there's only limited spots, but then you can go on uh, Teams or Zoom and then you can just get the training through that way. And it's not limited to, you know, just, you know, such and such agency is conducting this training and it's only for that agency. It's, it's open up to everyone because, in, in our profession, you know, you, you really learn from others and you can pick up some best practices from others. And it's really, you know, bouncing ideas off of another agency be like, Hey, you know, I know that you guys do this. How did you do that? And then you kind of, you collaborate with that agency and you talk with the individuals and you go, Hey, you know, I never thought about that. Uh, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's something we should look into here. So that's really how, um, we can get the more message across to multi-agencies uh, within the state is that quarterly training that uh, people can sign up for. So, Yeah, and you know, this post-COVID uh, world we live in today, we all got very confident and comfortable on these, uh, on these Teams meetings or Zoom meetings. Heck, that's how we're recording this thing here today, right? So yeah. it is yeah. ever, yeah, there's, there's never really been a good reason, and absolutely not today with all the technology we have at our, at our disposal, to not be able to engage more frequently and, and really do a much greater benefit with all of the, the smaller agencies that we see across the, across the country. Um, we've, I think I may have talked about it on podcasts in the past, but in Texas, they actually uh, passed legislation, the Peer Support Network, where they built hubs around the state. The hubs are built around the major metroplexes, and then um, there there's commitments given to all of the regional agencies that are part of that hub that the larger hub will support. Uh, the needs of those smaller agencies when it comes to mental health, wellness, services, things of the like. And I think the more we can look to do that and and really concentrate the resources uh, in the large areas with the agreement that they share those with their uh, regional partners, I think the better the overall system becomes. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Um, The more people that you can get involved in it in interagency, multi-agency, uh, the better because there are people out there that have a lot of great ideas and, you know, including everyone uh, in these trainings, um, you might get that aha moment where you're like, well, I didn't even think about that. And that's definitely something that we need to do. And had you not had that big training with people from all over the state attending, you may never have gotten to that uh, to that point, and you may have never discovered that idea, because it goes back to uh, what I said a little bit earlier. You can't go it alone. 
So you need that help. You need to rely on, on people. And, you know, I think, you know, with your podcast too, it's, you know, people listening out there going, oh, I didn't even think about this, you know, or I didn't think about that. Um, so it's it's the more the word can get out and the, the more uh, audience, I guess you could say, the more audience you have, the better it can be. Because like you said, technology out there, if you want to find someone, and locate an email for them, chances are you're going to be able to locate an email for them and reach out to them and say, hey, you know, I listened to a podcast that you're on or I was at a training and I know that you were there um, and you said something in that training. Uh, can I pick your brain? And that's how ideas are are born and created and go on forward and make positive impacts uh, on people's lives. Yeah, without a doubt, the collective knowledge will always far surpass the individual knowledge. So yeah, I, I think that that's great. So being in the position you're in, where you're actually, you know, adding adding to a program that existed, but you know, building new components like peer support and all of that, you know, funding in law enforcement will always be an issue. I have yet to come across a police department that has, oh, we have too many officers, too many civilians, or too much money. Right? It's just never going to be the case. And so that being said. How do you creatively find ways to fund your program? Uh, we do have, uh, with this peer support, we, we're operating under a grant with the Department of Justice. Um, and I, I know the letters, but I, I'm not going to say it because I, I, I don't want to uh, misspeak, you know, and come up with the wrong words. But it's, we're operating under a grant um, by the Department of Justice, and that's helping us out hugely to, you know, to offset some of the expenses that are of uh, doing some of the training and stuff like that. Because like you said, um, regardless of where you go, budget is always is always a hot topic and uh, money and where does it come from and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, sometimes you got to think outside of the box, but uh, we are with EAP, I have a budget. And, you know, I have to follow that budget and, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's great, really. I mean, I, I can't say enough about our program and how it's been set up and, um, that our deport, our department is actually able to offer, you know, these services to our officers and to our professional staff, which certainly, uh, deserve it and their families as well. Their families deserve it just as much as our officers and our professional staff do uh, because they're right there with them. They're there, they're at home support network. And um, so, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a great program here. And I'm, I'm really excited uh, about to be a part of this uh, program. So, you know, we did, it's been, you know, a handful of years back. I've been, I've been retired a few years now, but uh, we we had and I can't remember who came up with the idea, but we went out and you know you brought up grant dollars. We sought grant funding uh, when when we saw the true benefits that EMDR therapy was having with officers suffering through post traumatic stress injury, and we were successfully able to uh, win an award that allowed us to pull therapists from the community give them training in EMDR funded through this grant. They then were able to expand their 
capacity as a private provider, right? And therefore their services that they were, you know, making money on in the community. But in in return, they gave us a certain number of treatment hours for our personnel. So it was a win-win for everybody. The grant met its objectives. And then we had more therapists available to our officers and civilians. They were better trained. And then of course, we had the ability to utilize those hours. So I think any opportunity we have to to look for these creative solutions to try and find ways um, to, to bring more to bear to our agencies. The more avenues into the program, the, the more likelihood that people don't fall through the cracks. Um, you know, so uh, I think, you know, the grant dollars that you mentioned, that is so huge. And, and there are, I'm sure, agencies out there that are not aware of the ability to compete for and win these grants that will allow them to bring in a lot of this uh a lot of this new training and, and uh, some of these new programs. Um, given, given your experience, um, and, and if, if there's nothing there, then that's fine, but obviously you uh, have served uh, honorably and thankful, thankful for your service in the military, and now obviously in law enforcement. Do you see differences in how we handle the health and well-being of our personnel um, you know, in a military setting versus in our law enforcement setting and are there things that one could learn from the other? Well, I would think, yeah, I see a difference. Um, but that's also, and of course, it's been a couple of years since I've been, you know, in the National Guard. And, you know, back when I first joined, and even when I got it first in the law enforcement, it was, you know, the old, you know, suck it up. Um, you're yeah. fine. Um, and I think that's been taught even, you know, years before that is, you know, men don't cry and it's, you know, you know, you don't cry and it, that's just, that's, that is, is a hundred percent not true. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's just not true. Um, and I, but, and I can't, you know, speak on the military anymore, really. Um, but it was, it was changing when I was in there because there was, you know, resiliency training in the military and there is, there is a high suicide rate, uh, within the military and the veteran community. And that's, you know, that's where this resiliency came from. And, um, I'd like to get my hands on the military resiliency training again, just to see how it's, how it's changed since I've been through it. Because like, you know, like I mentioned, it had an impact on me, obviously, uh, and just see where it's at now and just to see how they are training the soldiers with resiliency and how it's going about. And of course, the National Guard and active component are two different, uh, two different animals, if you will. Uh, So, you know, and on the active component, I can only comment when I was, you know, uh, deployed, but when you're deployed, it's completely different than it is when you're stateside and you're on an active duty military base. So, um, you know, in police departments, sheriff's departments, state patrol, it's a paramilitary organization. You follow a rank structure. And, you know, I think at least in law enforcement, the culture is changing and people are talking about it more. And it is becoming something that's okay to talk about at work, you know, and I've heard people say this, that it's okay to not be okay. And, you know, the more you hear that, the more it's going to catch on with people. 
and they're going to remember that. So can we learn something from the military and, you know, cross pollinating, if you will? I have no doubt that we can. How does that look? That I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, that I don't know. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's take a hard pivot here. Tell your story. Success, setback, tragedy. What was your impetus for uh, for pulling together this uh, podcast series that you do? You know, I've I've listened to a lot of podcasts, and it's a wide variety of podcasts. It's all over the place. You know, Dateline, uh, True Crime, um, just uh, self help kind of stuff. But then I'm like, you know, I've met a lot. I've been very fortunate in my life to meet a lot of interesting people in my life. And then that got me thinking even more that anyone I've ever talked to, we all have a story. We all have an upbringing. We all have experiences in our life that are mind-blowing. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to start a podcast. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, what is what is my content? And I didn't want to model it after anybody. I didn't want to be the next Howard Stern or anything like that. So I said, you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to get people on. I'm not going to focus on veteran or police. I'm just going to focus on everybody. And I'm just going to come on, do a very short bio, and then we're just going to have a conversation much like you and I did. Not a lot of prep work because I want to hear their story for the first time as they're telling it to me when we're recording. And I do that because I want my reactions to be authentic and genuine and not uh, set up where I'm like, okay, I've heard this, so I have to act shocked. When people tell me things, I'm like, wow, I didn't know that about you. And I have friends on that tell me stuff, and I'm like, I had no idea that you went through that. I had no idea that you had that in your life. And I always end the podcast with uh, tell me something positive that's happened to you today. And I mentioned that earlier because my my podcast is I want people that may listen, I want them to know that we as people in society, wherever we came from, and it doesn't matter where we live in the world, that we have more commonalities than we think. And it's really cool to get to know people and to hear what they've been through, what they've done, what they've accomplished, what kind of setbacks they've had, uh, what kind of success they've had, and what kind of tragedies they've been through. There, I kind of plugged it a little bit, (laughs) you know, with the three keywords. And I've learned so much, and I've had so many guests. I haven't put out an episode uh, recently just because I've gotten busy with life in the summertime. It it gets to be pretty busy, but uh, I am getting back into it uh, towards the tail end of August, and I'm going to start publishing more episodes Right now, I've got about thirty episodes out there, um, and I'm I'm going to continue to continue to go on and continue to have people on because people are like, "Hey, I want to be on your podcast. Let's talk." So, and I think that's a great resource, whether it's for our law enforcement community that's listening now or others that they are connected to, because again, it's just it's realizing that what you're going through, although it is obviously unique in your circumstance. Others have been through a similar circumstance, and by listening to your podcast, hearing those stories, maybe you get that kernel of truth or that idea of how to navigate the situation you're in, or sometimes it's just the realization that, you know what, you're not in it alone, others have been through it, there is a path out, 
and that life does get better. And when you end with, tell me something that's good that's happened to you today, again, it's focusing on on the positive. So have you had any, and I don't want you to go through personal stories and all of that as far as your, your guests, obviously people can go listen to them, but maybe the biggest aha moment or just the thing that really jumped out at you during one of the podcasts that uh, either demonstrated someone's resilience or strength or coping strategies or, or anything like that that might be helpful. Uh, I had um, an individual that had been through some pretty rough trauma. And I kind of knew about it because we kind of talked about it, but I didn't know how far in depth it was. And to have this person sit across from me and tell me their story and go into the details and share that with me, it was, first off, I was, I was honored to have, you know, this person's trust to tell me that and to have the courage to come and talk to me and actually want to have that episode published to let others out there know that they aren't alone and that there are people that experience this. And so that was that was mind blowing. But I tell you what, Brian, a lot of the everyone that comes on, it's mind blowing. And I honestly, truly mean that. Because everyone has done something amazing in their life. They have been through something tragic in their life. Um, you know, and another one, a guy that I didn't even know was introduced to me by a friend of mine. Turns out that, you know, he was out in Washington, D.C. He's been in the war room. He briefed President Reagan. He's, he was friends with Colin Powell. And I have this guy sitting across from me. He's a part of history. And he's, he's talking to me. He's trusted me with his story. And after we were done, he says, you know, thank you for that. I, I haven't talked about any, some of this stuff ever. And, uh, it just, it was great. And, um, I've had really positive feedback on it and, uh, thank you for bringing it up because this has kind of inspired me some more, uh, to get going again. I'm glad to hear that it's only a summer lull because I was on your site the other day and I noticed that it was quite prolific during last year and all of that and it did seem to be a little slow. So I'm glad that it's not any waning interest on your part, but it is just simply that life has taken over briefly because, again, I do think that that's opportunity to just get important messages out there. And, and like we've been talking about here for the past 30 or 40 minutes, it's just the importance of just normalizing behavior and experiences and all of that so that folks realize whether it's health and wellness within a law enforcement agency, it's okay to not be okay, or whether it's just others that may listen and just are burdened by the demands of life and the challenges that it throws at us that uh, others have been through it. Very rarely are we the first one forging a path and it's just trying to find that right way. And, and uh, your podcast will, will offer advice uh, and uh, you know from the experience of others that have been through it. So no, I'm glad that we had an opportunity to talk about it here uh, for a few minutes and super glad that uh, you're going to 
pick it back up and that uh, we're going to expect to see that out there uh, a lot more. So as we wrap up here though today, Eric, just uh, closing thoughts. I know this is obviously uh, a, a topic that is of great interest and importance to you since the, you have chosen, you know, you're leading that for your agency through the EAP efforts and all of that. But just as we wind down here and, and we know the challenges the men and women serving today, both in uniform and in support, uh, are facing. Uh, the profession is obviously under a level of scrutiny. It has not been under uh, in, in, in decades. And we're seeing uh, retirements in record numbers and we're having you know difficulty with recruiting. I mean, the profession is really at, at, at a turning point and, and a tough time. Um, and that's why it is so important that we're talking about this. But just closing thoughts for those that are listening. Um, just I'm not even going to limit it to just officer health, wellness, and all of that. Just your closing thoughts. You've been in it a while. Um, it's just really taking care of one another and uh, checking in on one another and not forgetting about uh, the families because the families are right there with them. And the families share the struggles of the officers and the professional staff. And you've heard me say professional staff over and over because they are just as involved as the sworn are. Uh, they see things, they experience things just as much as the officers do. And it's uh, not being afraid to put your trust in a colleague and a peer and to talk about things that are going on in your life and, and to really take care of one another and really uh, reach out for help if, if you want to. And uh, yeah, that's, I think, you know, it's taking care of one another and you know, talk about it, talk about it more if you're comfortable with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Eric, I, I greatly thank you taking the time uh, to, to be on the podcast. Your insight, I know, will help uh, the listeners. Again, the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it. And then also as we build better programs across the country, they're built upon either the knowledge of others that have done it before, the ideas, or sometimes more importantly, the things that didn't work. So the more we talk about it, the better we are doing for our profession. So I thank you for being with us here today. I thank you for your service to our country. And then, of course, for your service to your community up there in St. Paul. Um, and I look forward to talking to you again at some point. So thank you. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to Officer Wellness with Brian Manley. We hope you enjoyed it and will subscribe to future episodes. For information on how off-duty management can reduce agency off-duty job expenses, increase reporting and accountability, and provide liability coverage to officers with our no-cost solution, visit offdutymanagement.com.